Turn with you would to the book of Daniel. We're going to start there this morning. Daniel chapter 12. We know that the book of Daniel was written to God's people to tell them of what would happen to them in their future and how God's hope was there for them too. And the interesting thing about Daniel is that it points forward further as well to the future, what is still lying ahead of us as well as believers and as people who have lived on this earth. And so we're going to be looking at one of those future-looking passages today, right near the end of the book of Daniel, the one that looks at the time to come. What will happen there for all people, saved and unsaved? And so if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just a different role. He's either your saviour or he's your judge. But we will all face him one day, every single human being. So let's look at Daniel chapter 12. I'm just, just, I'll read the first one. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. Here it is. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. It's already there. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness, evangelism, like the stars forever and ever. There's a passage for today and our times we're living. Now turn with me, if you would, to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if there ever was a chapter or a book written about the resurrection, then it's this one. We believe in the resurrection. Do you believe in the resurrection? Well, the Apostle Paul is going to speak to people who had come into doubts about how these things would happen and not just if it would happen, but when it would happen. And so he speaks to them and he tries to bring them some of the truths that God had revealed to him about the resurrection. And so we must take note. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20. And I'm diving into the middle of Paul's argument as usual, so the rest you can read at home. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. They were doubting whether he had, or some of them in the church had doubted whether um, these things had all happened. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive that each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. 
The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under His feet. But when it says all things are put into subjection, it is plain that He is accepted who put all things in subjection under Him. When all things are subjected to Him, then the Son Himself will also be subjected to Him who put all things in subjection under Him, that God may be all in all. We'll come back to that passage a bit later. Now, part of our statement of faith about the resurrection is this. We believe in the bodily resurrection of both the saved and the unsaved. The saved unto or for the resurrection of life and the unsaved for the resurrection of damnation. The inevitable question we must ask ourselves is, and many people are asking us today, is where are we going? Where are we going at the end of this life for? Are we just going and then we kind of peter out? What happens after we die? And this is where your world view comes into play. What is your world view on the afterlife? Christians today would say that the afterlife is in heaven. There is an afterlife. And it, it's going to be in heaven for eternity with Jesus Christ. Atheists and naturalists will say, no, when you die, it's all over. You've heard the old expression, it's all over, over. We break down into carbon particles, dust to dust. And we become part of the natural cycle. And so when people breathe in the air, well, we become part of that air and the water and the lakes, and everything. We kind of go round and round. We just become part of things. Pantheists would say that we are reincarnated into other living creatures, and so the bird that flies there, that could be your great uncle who died a few years ago. Or we become part of the living beings in an endless cycle. Or we are reabsorbed into God again, somehow. Polytheists would say, those who believe in many gods, that we become immortalized if we have sufficiently pleased the divine powers. And if not, I'm not sure quite what happens. So, what happens when we die? One truth I know is, we are going to die, unless the Lord comes. If you can show me one person who's lived from way back and who's still living and is still carrying on then this can't be true but we are all going to die you came here to be encouraged right we're carrying on scripture teaches us that physically all human sorry that all human beings are made of up of body and soul there are two parts of us body and soul together they form one And this is where we differ from animals. We have a soul as well. God breathed life into the first man. He gave him a soul. Then he created woman. He gave her a soul. Because he made them in the image of God. But the same can't be said of animals. And so, with the whole movement now to try and equate animal life with human life, can't be the same. We are different to animals. We have souls. And yes, we must respect 
animal like because they are God's creation. But they are not equal to man. However, things didn't stay the same. Adam and Eve sinned before the Lord. And the penalty for that sin was death. And so there was physical and spiritual death. And from that moment when they sinned, they now knew what it was to die physically. And they also knew what it was to be separated from God. They could no longer walk with God the same way they did before in the garden. There was now separation. They were driven out of the garden. And so spiritually mankind from then is separated from God forever. Unless God intervenes. And the beautiful story is that God did intervene. God did intervene in that sad human history. Where we hadn't been going that long and we'd already missed the boats. God intervened. God sent His promise only Son, Jesus Christ. And after Jesus Christ had lived a faultless life on this earth and showed us how to live our lives, He allowed Himself to be crucified by His own creations. He allowed Himself to be crucified because there was a sin payment to be made for all mankind who had sin, for all who God would save. But the story didn't end there, praise God. He didn't stay in that grave. Jesus Christ was resurrected again from the dead. There's a reason for that. He conquered death. He showed us, this is what will happen to you if you are in me. You will follow me. And so our sins are crucified with Jesus Christ on that cross. He was laid in the tomb. We died with Christ. And when He was raised up, we were raised up spiritually with Him. And one day, He will return physically and we will go to Him and be resurrected physically too. He's gone before us. And so physical death is not the end, says God's Word. says the truth. All will be resurrected we believe that all will be saved, all will be resurrected, both the saved and the unsaved. Death isn't permanent for anyone. You see, many, many non-Christians today ask the question, so what's in this Christianity for me? What's God got for me? The answer is, everything. Because without Him, you will face an eternity on your own. And you won't be able to bear it. And you won't be able to bear it. And you won't be able to bear it for eternity. What's in it for you? Everything. Scripture says that everyone will be raised from the dead. But everyone will not share the same destiny. Everyone will be raised to life. But not everyone will share the same destiny. We are, going to do, to, we are going to go to two very different destinies. The Old Testament speaks about this already in Daniel. And we looked at that earlier. Daniel chapter 12 verse 2. It says this, Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, 
and some to shame and everlasting contempt. There's a separation. Job, back in the Old Testament, my favorite Old Testament character, understand, understood the resurrection in some part. He didn't understand all of it. But he said this in Job chapter 19, verse 25 to 26. This is good old Job speaking. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will stand upon the earth. He's going to return. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, I will die. Yet in my flesh I shall see God. I will be resurrected. Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Good old Job. Job and Peter, my favorites. Job understood about the resurrection. And that's in the Old Testament. And then the New Testament, what does that say about the resurrection? There are so many. I just had to choose uh, one, one section over here. John chapter 5, verse 28. This is what it says. John chapter 5, verse 28. Do not marvel at this, says the Lord. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice. And come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now note what Jesus himself says. Our creator God. He says. There is an hour coming when all who are in the tombs. Will hear his voice and come out. There are no exceptions there. And if you are an unbeliever and you never believed in God in your life, you will hear His voice right through the shrouds of death. You will hear His voice saying, Stand up. Come to life. And your soul will respond to its Creator. And you will gather yourself together. And He will make it possible. You will be resurrected. And if you are a believer... That glorious day, you will hear the very words of Jesus Christ. Rise up from the dead and you too will get up. But there will be an energy in you which He will give you because you are meeting with your Creator God, Jesus Christ, your Lord. We will all be raised to life, says Scripture. But there's going to be two different destinations. There's going to be this resurrection of judgment. And we believe in it as a church. And many churches will not preach this anymore. They only want to preach the good news, which is a half news. There is no good news unless you understand the bad news. Here it is. There is a resurrection of judgment. And my friend, if you do not yet have Jesus Christ in your life, I pray that you would listen to me. This is what the Bible, God's breathed out word to us, says. Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read selected verses through here to track through with the thinking. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. This is for those who do not believe in Jesus yet. For when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Please listen to me. 
it's not just going to all carry on as it was. It's not just going to be all right somehow. You don't know quite how, but it will be. No. There is going to be a time when Jesus Christ Himself will separate people. Two groups are going to appear and He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on His left. Now, the picture here, sheep and goats. Believers, unbelievers. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There's the one group. He will separate the sheep and say, You are blessed by my Father, come into the inheritance. And there's going to be another group standing there. And they're not going to be allowed to go with the first group. They're going to have to stand there until He says to them, Then He will say to those on His left, Depart from Me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And then what's going to happen? You're going to have to obey. Verse 46. These will all go away either into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. We only preach this gospel because God says we must. And we want to be faithful to His Word. We aren't a Bible-thumping, bashing church. That's not the reason you've come here today and heard all about hell. We preach this message because God says it's part of the whole message. There is judgment. But, my friend, there is also a resurrection of eternal life that is available to you and is available to so many of us who have accepted that offer of salvation. Praise the Lord for that. And so I plead with you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, come to Him. I've said that a few times this service already. Come to Him while you can. And you as believers, sometimes the question comes up in us as believers, how can I be sure of all these things? How can I be sure that I'll be resurrected? Christ Jesus is your guarantee. Christ Jesus is the one who has gone before you. Christ Jesus is the one who was resurrected. Christ was raised because death no longer had a legal claim on Him. He had paid the redemption price. We looked at that last week. Christ paid the price for you so that your sins could be atoned for. So that you could be free from having to try and pay for the penalty of your sin before a holy God. Which you can't do because you're an imperfect creature. Christ paid it perfectly. The sin price has been paid for. And He paid it at such great cost. Not just His life. He was separated from His Father. He paid the redemption price. And because He paid that price, He conquered death forever. He conquered death. Death could not hold Him down. He went to cry victory over death. And when He rose up again, death knew the battle is lost. Christ conquered death. Romans 6, 9 We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. And the guarantee continues. Precisely the same thing is true of all those who are in Christ, says the Apostle. 
If you're in Jesus Christ, then death no longer has a hold on you. Yes, it's gonna, death might get his fingers all over you. And you will experience death if Christ doesn't come first. But he hasn't got a hold on you. Death has lost its sting. Because you will hear your Redeemer's voice. And then you will rise up. And you will be with Him. I hope you take hope in that this morning as a believer. All those who are in Christ Jesus will follow, the, will follow Jesus Christ. What happened to Him will happen to us. We will be resurrected. Now I want you to go to that 1 Corinthians 15 passage we looked at. We're going to go a little into detail here. Because this is such beautiful detail. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 20 to 26. But in fact Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who had fallen asleep. The best fruits have been given to God. Christ was raised. That's a short summary there. For as by a man came death. Who was that? Adam. Adam sinned. We all are under the curse of sin. For as by a man came death. By a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. Who is that man? Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. For each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. Isn't that a glorious truth? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When you and I are raised up again, we will see death destroyed forever. What an amazing truth. And then it doesn't stop there. There's a glorious truth here too. We are going to be glorified. What does that mean? We are going to be given our old bodies, fully renewed and recreated, back again. And our body is going to join our soul, which is standing before the Lord. And we're going to be united again to our bodies. We are going to be glorified. And in that very moment when your body joins your soul, you will be made, what's the big P word? Perfect. Just like Jesus Christ. Just like He said He would. There's the truth. We will be glorified. Romans 8.17 says, we shall be glorified with Him. When all the world sees Jesus Christ reappearing and they all acknowledge on bended knees, this is the Lord, whether I believed Him or not, He will be glorified. In that very same moment, we will all be glorified too. We will be made perfect. Anyone understood that one? Baptists. What do we do with this? What do we do with this? Come on, Baptists. What do we do with this? Thank you. I want to ask you first, are you ready for that resurrection? And here I speak again to those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as Savior. Are you ready for that resurrection? I can tell you now, you're not. But there is still time. You see, this is what it says about that end time. If you haven't got it yet, I'll just try and emphasize a little bit more. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 to 15. 
This is what's going to happen when you stand up, when you hear the voice of God saying, stand up. This is what's going to happen to you. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky flew away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. My friend, do you see yourself there? You will be part of that crowd, the dead, both great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. This is no fairy story. Please listen to me. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. I plead with you in the words of Jesus Christ. Come to me while there is still time. The book of Isaiah says the same thing. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 to 7. Isaiah 55 verse 6 to 7. This has been such a pleasure working through the men's group. Isaiah 55 verse 6 to 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. My friend, when you walk out of this building, you might not hear the Lord calling to you again. You might not hear the Lord saying to you, you are not ready for me. Come to Him while you hear His voice. Who knows what happens when you walk out of this place. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that the Lord may have compassion on him and to our God. For He will abundantly pardon. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. If you bring it to the feet of Jesus Christ and you bow your knee to Him, He will give you a new life, a new record. You will start again. You don't have to go back to the past. But come to Him while there is time. Then you will be ready for the resurrection. If not, you are on your own. And you face the God of eternity forever. And my Christian friends, brothers and sisters here, there's gospel urgency for us. You see, many of our family members don't know this yet or won't hear it. Many of our friends and our colleagues haven't heard this yet or won't hear it. We have to take this gospel message out in full. We've got to share the gospel message so that they too can live and be ready for the resurrection. Because they will be resurrected. This is what the book of Jude says. Jude chapter 21. Oh sorry, verse 21. There's only one chapter in Jude. Jude, verse 21 to verse 23. This is what it says. Look at this, believers. But you, beloved, that's you and I, if we are in Christ Jesus, what are we to do? This is how we get ready for the resurrection. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. How do you do that? Through the Word and through practicing the Word. Pray in the Holy Spirit. We looked at this last week. Keep yourselves 
in the love of God. How do we do that? In a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. Confessing my sin before Him daily. Not making peace with any sin in my life. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We can do nothing else but wait on that mercy. He will bring it. And this is how we show mercy to people around us. Verse 22, And have mercy on those who doubt. And you might have met many of those on your walk of life. You might be one of those too, believer. You are starting to doubt. You're starting to drift. We are to have mercy on those who doubt. Put your arm around them. Let them talk to you. Pray with them. Cry with them. And there's another method here. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. When you see your brother or your sister going wrong, go to them. Don't just close your eyes to it. Snatch them out of the fire. Speak to them. We're so scared to do that today. But we're helping them for that day. And to others show mercy with fear. Hating even the garment stained by flesh. To others show mercy with with fear. What is that? There's all kinds in that passage. But give them the gospel message which tells them about the mercy of Jesus Christ but also tells them about the judgment to come. We've got the gospel urgency about us as believers. We've also got priorities in our lives. We need to set those priorities. What does the Apostle Paul tell us? Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 4. How do we get ready for the resurrection. This is how we get ready. Colossians 3, 1-4, sorry. If then you have been raised with Christ, have you been raised with Christ? Are you ready for the resurrection? Then seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. See, the apostle knows us well too, how quickly we get sidetracked. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. There's our big Achilles heel. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It doesn't end there. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. You will be resurrected with Him in glory. So you need to get ready for that. How do you do that? You go home and read the rest of that chapter. Put to death, therefore, X, Y, Z. So we've got gospel priorities, kingdom priorities, resurrection priorities, and then lastly, there's a promise we can hold on to here. There's a promise from Romans 8, verses 10 to 12. But if Christ is in you, so this is just for believers now, but if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the spirit who dwells in you. Hold on to that promise. When you face death, close your eyes in death, looking to the face of Jesus Christ, His will be the next face you see. 
You know, there are companies in America, and I'm not sure here in New Zealand, that if you pay them tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars, they will freeze your body for you. Till technology catches up. What's that all about? People know, I'm going to live again. But they're just not sure how that whole thing happens. And there's this yearning in them, I want to carry on living. Where does that come from? Made in the image of God. And yet denying His power. You see, if you are in Christ, He has paid the price. You just can come freely. But it will cost you everything. You can come freely. But it will cost you everything. Because then you become a Christ follower. You follow Christ. When He is glorified, you will be glorified. And when He comes again, you will rise to eternal life with your Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the realities of your word. Thank you for emphasizing to us this morning that the resurrection is real and that there is hope for us in that resurrection because of you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, when we face death, help us not to become fearful but in hope to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the one who will be there. Like with Stephen, we will see the eyes of our Lord as we go up to be with you. And Lord, thank you that when you return and when we hear your voice, we will be raised to be with you forever. Death will not hold us down because death is a conquered enemy. Christ has conquered death forever. Help us to live faithful lives to you in the meantime. Lives which are not sidetracked by the world. Lives which don't make peace with sin. But lives which hate sin but love God. And Lord, I pray for any among us who still do not know Jesus Christ. May your Spirit so pull at their hearts that they will know that if you are not their Savior, then they are lost for all eternity. May they see the love of Jesus Christ which overwhelms the judgment. I pray for them, Lord. Draw them by your Spirit to Almighty God. Amen.